Welcome to the Christ Be Glorified Ministries audio podcast. We welcome you to come and join us as we explore the Word of God to open up new levels of glory for every believer to come in closer to the Father. Join Apostle Calvin as he shares the Word of God as the Lord Jesus has revealed it unto him to share with the body of Christ. Ministries, and welcome to another broadcast centered around the kingdom of God. Amen. We preach, we teach, we demonstrate the kingdom of God by the commandment of the Lord. He says that this gospel of the kingdom must be preached in all the world unto all nations for witness before the end can come. Amen. And so we are commanded to preach the kingdom. That is the perspective that Jesus is Lord. Amen. You have to awaken unto the fact that you need Jesus as your Lord. Amen. That's how people become born again. Amen. They know nothing else can save. They know everything else is emptiness. Everything else is, is vanity. And Jesus is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. Amen. There is no way unto the Father except through Jesus. And so you accept Jesus as your Lord, but it does not end there. Amen. If Jesus is Lord, then he must be Lord of all. Amen. And so the perspective of Jesus being Lord of all. Amen. Even in this earth realm. Amen. It is how we are saved. It is how we are healed. It is how we are delivered. It is how we receive abundant life, amen, by Jesus being Lord, amen. And so that's what we preach. That's what we teach. And so we want to start today in Hebrews chapter 4, amen, Hebrews chapter 4. Verses 12 and 13. Amen. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 12 and 13. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and joints and marrow, and it is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. There's no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Amen. The word of God is quick. New King James says it is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Amen. So the word of God is called the, the, the sword of the spirit in Ephesians chapter 6, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Amen. So the Word of God is living, is alive, it is powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. That two-edged sword means that it cuts both ways. Amen. So you imagine the image of a sword, not just with a cutting edge on one side, but on both sides. Amen. That's important. If you want to understand God, amen, 
If you want to understand who God is, somebody says God is love. Yes, God is love. Amen. But God also brings judgment. Amen. A lot of people don't want to talk about the judgment of God. And yet to understand God, you, you have to understand that the sword is a two-edged sword. The sword of God is a two-edged sword that cuts both ways. Amen. That God is unto us who believe and receive. Amen. He is the blessing. He is the one who blesses. Amen. And yet God deals with iniquity. He deals with that which is against him. He deals with the devil. Amen. Through judgment. Amen. And so we are to be upon, we are to be on the Lord's side. We are to be on the Lord's side, not on that, that side of, of judgment. But how do we know? Well, let's look at the scripture. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharpening any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. That's how we know whether we are on the Lord's side. Is, is what's in our heart. What are the purposes, the intents of our heart? Amen. And so if in our heart, amen, that we are not on the Lord's side, the Lord can reveal even that unto us by the sword of the spirit amen so the warning is not to be caught up with those that are of judgment or where the the judgment of god comes the bible says that if you fall upon the stone you will be broken so the bible says god is holy his name is holy he dwells in eternity he's the high and lofty one and that he is with those who are of a contrite heart and spirit. Sometimes we say a broken heart, broken spirit. It's talking about humility. Amen. That God dwells with those who have a contrite heart, a contrite spirit. You fall upon the stone, you'll be broken. Brokenness. But if the stone fall upon you, you'll be ground into powder. That's speaking of the destruction of idols, which is vanity, which is emptiness, which is that those images which purport to bring life, but they are not God, and so they cannot bring life. Amen. And so you have to be on the Lord's side. In other words, you have to walk in honesty and sincerity before the Lord as he reveals the truth, amen. God would have all men to be saved and to come into the knowledge of the truth. So the deal with God is that he brings you into the truth and he keeps you in the truth if you are sincere to walk in the light, amen. If you are sincere to walk in the light, then your fellowship is in the light, God is light, amen. And so that he, and. He has no darkness. He is not darkness. Amen. God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Hallelujah. Every good and perfect gift.
comes down from above, from the Father of light, in whom there is no variableness, no shadow of turning. So you fellowship in the light, fellowship with God. You fellowship in the light. You acknowledge the light. You acknowledge the truth. You walk in the light. You don't deceive yourself. Amen. You definitely don't allow the devil to deceive you. Amen. So to be in fellowship with the Lord is to be in intimacy with the Lord. It is, it is to love the Lord and to love his light and to love his truth. Amen. So the sword of the spirit is not only a weapon against the devil and evil circumstances, it also shows us what's in our heart. So if you want to understand God, understand his sword, the sword of the spirit. It's a double-edged sword. Amen. It cuts both ways. Amen. The ways of the kingdom of God is a flow. You flow with God. Amen. The kingdom always goes forward. The current, the flow of the Holy Ghost keeps you out of the path or the flow of wickedness. Amen. And so that, that path of righteousness Amen. Psalms 23. Amen. He leads us in paths of righteousness that flow, that goes forward. Amen. Light is progressive. Amen. So the, the two-edged sword, hallelujah, it cuts soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and it is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart, the motives Amen. Or it shows whether you are sincere or not. Amen. It shows whether you are walking in the truth. Amen. Discern means to judge correctly or accurately. Amen. So you, you, you're supposed to rightfully divide the word of God, but in your heart, you're supposed to judge what's in your heart. Jesus says, out of the heart. He says it's not what goes in the mouth, but out of the heart. Amen. Out of the heart is murder and, and, and adultery and all those things come out of the heart. So you don't let those things in your heart. And so God is a God of absolute light. Again, God is a God of absolute light. Amen. So you cannot shade God. That You, you cannot rationalize. Amen. The things of God. Amen. The truth is the truth. And you walk in the truth. And God knows whether you're walking in the truth. So by the sword of the spirit, he shows you what's in your heart. Amen. The, the purposes. The, the, the motives of the heart. Amen. So it also divides um, soul and spirit. So it's able to divide the difference between soul and spirit. A lot of people don't know the difference between soul and spirit. Amen. Your, your soul is the seat of your senses, of your desires, of your affections, your appetites, and your passions. Amen. So it's the seat. Amen. Think of it as a, a seat in your mind where you choose between right and wrong, good and evil, blessing and cursing. Amen. It is a seat. Hallelujah. Where you choose. Amen. Whether you are going with God or not going with 
with God. And it could happen even in a subconscious way. Your, your selecting or your choosing can be in a subconscious way that you could be hypocritical. Amen. You could be like the scribes and Pharisees and you can be against Jesus and yet so very, very, very religious. Amen. And so here lies the danger. Amen. You could be in your groups, your social groups, your religious groups. Amen. And your families. Hallelujah. The, the standard of what is right can be different in a group than it is with God. It can be different. Amen. Even in a family. Amen. The consensus of the family can be different. Amen. Than what is with the Lord. Amen. And so you're walking in a way where you're not true before the Lord. So the sword of spirit cuts both ways. Amen. It can divide the soul and the spirit. The, the, the spirit is your heart. It's your real you. Amen. It can divide the joints from the marrow. Amen. The marrow, even from biblical days, it is believed that the, the, the life was in the marrow. And we know there's an essence of blood in the marrow. Amen. And it was thought that a person's life was in the marrow. And so the joints represents the movements of the body. Amen. So it is, it is a finer level. You, you, you understand? It is, a, it is like dividing with a laser. It is, it is a finer level. Amen. Then your movements, then what your actual actual life is. Amen. What's in your heart and what's in your soul. The, 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 the sword of the spirit can show what's in your heart, the motives of your Why did you do what you do? Amen. You gave, but why did you give? Was it to be seen of man? The sword of the spirit can discern. Amen. Even those actions, the motives of the heart. Amen. It can provide health to your body. Amen. It's the difference. The Bible says bodily exercise is, is good, but godliness is profitable in everything. Amen. The movements of the body. Amen. You can run. You can lift weights. You can move. Amen. But what's in the marrow? What's in the real life of the body? Amen. And so the word of God is a two-edged sword piercing to the division of sunder, soul and spirit, joints and marrow. And it is a discerner of the purposes and intents of the heart. Amen. Getting down to the nitty gritty. It is, it is the word of God. Amen. That, and this helps you to understand how to walk before the Lord. Because the sword of God is a weapon. Amen for righteousness and against unrighteousness. Amen. So why would a person hold on to unrighteousness? Why would a person have unrighteousness in them? Would you not rather let the sword of the spirit show you what is right? Amen. And then walk in what the Lord shows you what is right. Don't be against that edge of that sword that is dealing with unrighteousness. Don't be against the edge of the sword dealing with unrighteousness. Amen. In Luke chapter 2. 
the book of Luke, chapter 2. In verse 35, this is Simeon. This was a holy man of God that was waiting for the consolation of Israel. He's waiting for the Messiah to be born, and now Jesus is born. And so he speaks blessings over the, the baby, Jesus, and over the mother. And then he says this to Mary. He says, yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Amen. What a word. He says, a sword will pierce your soul also, and the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. And so the connotation is not just her heart, but even other people's hearts will be revealed. Amen. And so the thing about Mary is this. Whatever Jesus said is what she went with. Amen. You remember at the wedding feast in Cana of Galilee. Amen. She told Jesus that they were out of wine. He says, woman, what does this have to do with me? And he te she tells the other people, whatever he says to do, do it. Why does she say that? She had experience. Amen. Because of this word of the Lord. A sword shall pierce thy soul also. Amen. And the thoughts of many hearts would be revealed. The Bible says that she would take these things and ponder them in her heart. She would, she would judge rightly. She would not judge before it's time. If you look at the life of Mary and the relationship with Jesus, she respected Jesus. Amen. Not, he was not just her baby boy. He was the Messiah. And she knew that he was special. She, she received the word of the Lord to conceive. And then when he would speak or act, she would consider. She would not be like a lot of folks and to judge all and just say things flippantly. Amen. She would depose these things. She would contemplate these things. And she would allow the sword of the spirit to divide soul. From spirit, amen, joints from marrow, and the purposes and intents of her heart. Not only her heart, the Bible says, that because of that word, amen, that others also, it says, the thoughts of many hearts, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed, amen. And so the, the, the special thing, and, and we don't get into the weirdness about Mary, okay? But the special thing, we can say this about Mary, is that she would consider these things. Everything that Jesus would say, know you not that I must be about my father's business, amen? She didn't just, you know, that's just the ramblings of a 12-year-old boy. No, she would consider these things, and that she would let the Holy Ghost deal with the heart. So when we're talking about the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, the two-edged sword, it is the Holy Spirit dealing with your heart to cut out that which is unrighteous and to reveal that which is righteous, to get you to flow with that which is righteous, which allows you to be a weapon also 
for the Lord. Amen. For you to represent the Lord, to represent his righteousness. So the question, the big debate, you know, folks get mad because people say that God is a God of judgment, that many Christians, many Christians and unbelievers get mad. Amen. They don't even understand what the judgment is for or who the judgment is intended for. God has to deal with the devil. God has to deal with unrighteousness. He uses people. And if you are regarding unrighteousness in your heart, how can he use you to deal with unrighteousness? Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father, waiting till his enemies be made his footstool. Hallelujah. We, everything is under Jesus' feet. We don't see everything under Jesus' feet. We don't see everything under the church's feet, but we see Jesus. Everything is supposed to be under Jesus' feet. He put all things. What is man that thou art mindful of him? Or the son of man that thou regardest him? So God put everything under man's feet. We don't see everything under man's feet, but we see Jesus. Jesus is the one, amen, that is supposed to be manifested in our lives where we put everything that is demonic, unrighteous under his feet. Amen. By putting it under our feet. Amen. And so we don't join with that which is unrighteous. We don't join in our hearts with that which is unrighteous, whether knowingly or unknowingly. And so that's where the sword of the spirit, it is a two-edged sword, amen. So the two-edged sword highlights the dual nature of the word, amen. It releases the blessing of God, but it also releases the judgment of God against the enemy. And toward that end, it is important not to have or regard anything of the enemy in you. Let me say it again, that the, the dual nature of the word of God, it releases blessing and it releases judgment against the enemy. The, the judgment was not intended for God's people, amen, or let me say it this way, that to be more accurate, because there is a judgment, amen, the judgment is, is not supposed to take us out, and the wrath of God was not intended for God's people, and yet you may be on the wrong end of the wrath of God, the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and disobedience. The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and disobedience. But that is not what you're called to be, ungodly or disobedient. Amen. And so God is good and he is merciful to reveal his truth and blessing so that you can stay in the truth and to stay in, in the blessing. Amen. Jesus says, that the prince of this world is judged, speaking of the devil, that he findeth nothing in me, amen. That the devil comes, he finds nothing in me. Nothing of him, of the devil, was in Jesus, amen. The spotless lamb of God, amen. And so that's the way we're supposed to be. You said, uh, preacher, uh, am I supposed to be perfect? God says, be perfect, for I am perfect. Be holy, for I'm holy. Amen. And so people misunderstand what it means to be perfect. 
it is it is not to be willfully blind of the truth you you may not be completely perfect but God will call you perfect if you would receive his light amen your heart is loyal toward him and so what is God doing he's maturing you he is perfecting you amen everything he shows you as true you regard as the truth everything he shows you as the truth you regard it as the truth and walk in it that is a heart that is perfect toward God be perfect for I'm perfect and so people misunderstand, amen. They say under grace, amen, that we can be willfully sinful and that grace will take care of it. And that, that, is, that is not the truth, amen. And so the, the way of God is this, that God loves you. He reveals the truth to you. The truth is your life. You, you got that, right? The truth is. That is your life. And so you regard the truth and walk in the truth and you walk in the light as you walk with God. And that will cause the light to increase. Amen. And you walk in that light. And then more light comes and you walk, you walk in that light. And so you don't argue about whether God is love or whether God is judgment. Amen. You know that the wrath of God was not for you was against the devil and the children of disobedience. In other words, those who refused God's goodness, they will get the wrath and they will get the judgment. Those who refuse the goodness of God, that don't respond to his goodness, that don't respond to his love. Amen. So the word of God is a two-edged sword. Amen. It releases the blessing. It releases the judgment. Amen. The judgment or that part of it was not for you. Amen. And so in Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. Verse 36. Luke chapter 11 verse 36. If then your whole body is full of light, having no part dark, the whole body would be full of light as when the bright shining of a lamp gives you light. That's what he's talking about. That your, if your eye be single, good, having no part darkness. Amen. The, the eye, the window to the soul. Amen. If your eye be single, your whole body is full of light. But if your eye be not single or you don't see according to the light of heaven, then you your body would be full of darkness. If the light of what you see by is darkness, how great is that darkness? And so you're supposed to be all light having no part darkness. So we see a thing, amen, that you're supposed to be all light, that you're not supposed to be a hypocrite. You're not supposed to have anything in your heart and soul, hallelujah, against the Lord. Anything that is prepared for judgment against, you're not supposed to have that in you. Does that make sense? Anything that is prepared for judgment, you're not supposed to have that in you. But good news, we have the Word. 
the sword, the two-edged sword, amen, the sword of the Spirit that the Holy Spirit uses or wields, the Word of God, amen. So the Holy Spirit will be actively working in your light, in your life, amen. He will be dealing with your soul and he will be dealing with your heart, amen. And then the connotation is that this also is connected to your health, amen. Your willingness to regard the light is, is also connected to you walking in health. Soul and spirit, joints and marrow, amen. Is a discerner of the purposes and intents of the heart, amen. Don't play games with God, amen. Don't play games with God. Religion will cause people to play games with God. You know the truth, but to act like you don't know the truth or an unwillingness to walk in the fullness of that truth. You can ask the Lord to help you. You can be like that man that said, I believe, Lord, help me with my, with my unbelief. Just be true. <laughs> Just be true with God, Holy Ghost with what he shows that's in your heart and in your soul. Be true, be sincere, be fervent. Want to have what God has for you, amen. So that's what we're talking about. That, that two-edged sword being all light, amen. You should be all light, no part darkness, amen. So God will deal with you according to the truth that is in you. Amen. And this is beautifully seen in Psalms. Psalms chapter 18. Psalms chapter 18 verses 24 through 27. So what did I say? I say God will deal with you according to the truth that is in you. Psalms 18 verse 24 through 27. Therefore, the Lord has recompensed me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands in his sight. So this is uh, David talking about how God will deal with him according to his righteousness and the cleanness of his hand in God's, in God's sight. In other words, that God deals with David, amen, according to what is righteous, and keeping his hands clean. You see that all through the life of David, that God would deal with David. David would respond to God, which would be responding to the goodness, to the goodness of God. Verse 25. With the merciful, you will show yourself merciful. With the blameless or the upright, you will show yourself blameless or upright. With the pure, you will show yourself pure. And with the devious, you will show yourself shrewd. The um, King James says, with, and with the froward, you will show yourself froward. But they're, they're, those are two different words, even though it's froward. It's, it's two different um, Hebrew words. It, it means that God is not devious. God is not, but he will show himself. If you, if you approach God with that little craftiness and being devious, that's how God will appear to you. Amen. With the, with the devious, you will show yourself devious. 
the King James says with the froward, that first froward means to be crooked. To be crooked, to be perverse. So with the crooked, that second word forward in the King James means to wrestle. Amen. You're wrestling with the truth. Amen. That you twist the truth and you wrestle with the truth. Amen. And so if you are forward as God deals with you and you're not willing to change, you will twist the truth. You will wrestle with the truth. You will rationalize. Amen. Did you know that the, the, the gift of righteousness, that God gives believers the gift of righteousness, that people do not like the feeling that they are wrong, that they are unrighteous. And so whether people receive the gift of righteousness or not, they always try to make accommodations where they appear right. You know, there's an accident. It was the other person's fault. There's an argument. It was the other person's fault. There's a divorce. It is the other person's fault. The, 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 the hurt of being unrighteous. The Bible says that, that going about to established their own righteousness that they were not submitted to the righteousness which is of God. Speaking of the Jews, but is anybody going about to establish their own righteousness? That's what people try to do. They try to establish. They don't like the hurt. Amen. You know, the Bible says that if your works are good, you come to the light. But if your works are evil, you don't come to the light. So even if a person is holy and righteous, as that person's light shines to somebody else, that they may try to demonize the person that is holy and righteous. That's why the hurt of the light showing that they are unrighteous and only the righteousness which is of the Lord can save you, can satisfy you, can cover you. Amen. No fig leaves will do. Amen. So people hate that feeling of unrighteousness and they go about to establish their own righteousness. Many, instead of submitting, you have to submit to the righteousness which is of the Lord. So to the merciful, God shows himself merciful. It's talking about the posture of the heart, the condition of the heart, what is actually in the heart. Amen. So to the merciful, that God shows himself as merciful. Amen. He's dealing with you according to what's in your heart. Amen. To the upright, God shows himself as upright. Amen. The, the blameless got no problem with God. Amen. But those who are unrighteous got lots of problems with God. Amen. He judging me and they judging me. Amen. You see where that come from? Amen. To, to the upright, he shows himself as upright. Amen. If you're not upright, then God cannot show himself as upright. You, or in other words, you will not see God as upright. You will not see God as, as blameless. Amen. 
because of the condition of your heart and the condition of your soul. Amen. And so to the pure, he shows himself pure. Amen. But to the froward or the perverse that God catches the wise in their own craftiness, he, he shows them or he comes across as catching them as being devious because they twist, they, they twist the word, they wrestle with the word instead of submitting, submitting to the word. So the sword of the spirit would show itself against them, amen, but the same mercy, the same goodness of God is still on display. In other words, the, the goodness of God, the love of God would still be dealing with you, though you see the Lord the wrong way. Amen. That maybe you would appeal to the goodness of God, to the to the mercy of God, that you would that you would respond to it. Amen. For the truthful and sincere, the word will cleanse. It will purify you continually. You know, the Bible talks about the washing of the water of the word. So for the person who is truthful and sincere, in other words, those that acknowledge the truth, the word of God will continue to cleanse you. For the truthful and the sincere, the word of God will continue to cleanse you. But if you are prideful, then God resists the proud and he gives grace to the humble. If you are prideful, you're not being cleansed. You're not being continually purified by the word. Amen. So you walk with God. The walk with God is a walk of purity. Why? The light will continue. The Bible says to be sincere without offense. The, the light, the word of God will continually cleanse you and purify you. You walk in with God, you will continue to be cleansed. You walk with God, you will continually be purified. Amen. And so the Bible says that if you sin or if you are in darkness, it says don't lie against the truth. And, and so that's what I'm dealing with, that the light will continually cleanse you, be sincere without offense. That means purified by light or judged by light to be sincere without offense till the day of Christ. It means to be judged by light to be purified by the light amen so you're walking with God walking in the light but if if you are and and I hate to say it so so many of these 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 churches amen are not forthright concerning the truth and so the minister does not walk in the fullness of light the fullness of acknowledging the light and the congregants Amen. They don't walk in the fullness of the light. So what do we have here? That you are part darkness. Amen. So what do we have? That you present yourself before the Lord, but you're not sincere because God is light and him is no darkness at all. So God deals with you fellowshipping in the light, but you won't acknowledge the light. And so you become a hypocrite. Amen. Holding on to the very things that God wants to destroy. Let me say that again. You're holding on to the very thing that God wants to destroy. So part of that judgment is this, that God is able 
to destroy that which is wicked in you without destroying you. Amen. God is able. Before we get to the point of God destroying all that is wicked. Amen. In his love for you, if you say you are a child of God, that God is able to destroy that which is wicked, separating that from you. It has no part with you. It is completely gone from you. Amen. Those vices, those habits, the lusts, all those things can be destroyed, and yet you are alive. <laughs> Amen. All that stuff is dead. Yet you are alive unto God, more alive than ever. The, the Bible says, lay aside the weights and the sins which so easily beset us. The, 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 the Bible talks about how we're not supposed to be entangled in those things. You know, that walk in the liberty wherewith Christ has made you free. And don't be entangled with the yokes of bondage. Amen. And so the lie of the devil is that you can hold on to certain things, especially things that you consider to be pleasures. Holy Ghost. So the lie of the devil is that you can hold on to certain things and you shall not surely die. You shall not surely die. Amen. But if you are not producing fruit unto God, you are dead. Amen. <laughs> If you are not producing fruit unto God, you're made to produce fruit unto God, then you're dead, operating in, in dead works. Amen. And Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 8. Matthew chapter 5, verse 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Oh, I love that. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. So that's what I'm talking about. A perfect heart is a loyal heart to the kingdom. A loyal heart to Jesus being their Lord. That's what a perfect heart is. That heart will allow the Lord to keep it pure. And then you will see God as he is. That if, if the Bible talked about in the last days how that um, people will give themselves to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. And what does that do? That doctrines are simply teachings. That it will cloud your view of the Lord. You will not see the Lord. If, if you are hearing things from the devil and counting them to be true and allowing yourself to be flattered and seduced, amen, by these things, a lot of, lot of teachings flatter and seduce, amen. You will not see God the way that he is. And so you'll say, you know, God, you know, he, he, he allows all these types of sins and you don't know God, amen. You don't know that God has made provision through Jesus Christ. And the horrendous price that Jesus paid, hallelujah, to completely destroy, amen. So the weapon 
of God, the sword of God, that double-edged sword, that two-edged sword, it does destroy that which is of the devil's kingdom. And so you're not supposed to esteem that which is of the devil's, the devil's kingdom. So God's goodness and his mercy is actually magnified to those who need it most. God's goodness, his mercy, his love is magnified to the ones that need it the most. In Luke, the book of Luke chapter 7. Beginning with verse 36. And we'll read a little bit, I believe it's to verse 47. But um, we'll, we'll, we'll stop on just a couple of these, these verses. It says, then one of the Pharisees, this is Luke chapter 7, verses 36 through 47. Then one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him. And he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil. So the, the Bible says this woman was a sinner. So there's no doubt she's a sinner. And stood at his feet and behind him weeping. And she began to wash his feet with her tears and wipe them with the hair on her head. And she kissed his feet and anointed them with the fragrant oil. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he spoke to himself. <laughs> so he spoke this in his heart, saying, this man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. So he said, teacher, say it. There was a certain creditor who had two debtors one owed 500 denarii and another 50. And when they had nothing in which to repay, he freely forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him more? Simon answered and said, I suppose the one he forgave more. And he said to him, you have rightly judged. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house and you gave me no water for my feet, but she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. You gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. You did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. Amen. So Simon, he saw the woman as a sinner. He did not see himself as a sinner. So Simon was not appreciative of Jesus being in his house. He did not treat Jesus the way that this woman did. What was the revelation? that she knew her sins were many, so she loved much. Amen. Again, sword of the Spirit, 
the two-edged sword, amen, able to rightly divide, to show what's in a person's heart. Jesus showed Simon what was in his heart. And he showed what was in the woman's heart also, amen. But look at the goodness of the Lord, the mercy of the Lord. The same goodness and the mercy of God was available to Simon, his Pharisee or Sadducee, I forget which one. That the, the same was available to him, yet he did not respond to the Lord. He did not respond to the Lord's goodness. He did not respond to the Lord's love. He saw him as somebody. He saw himself as somebody. Amen. He probably was trying to weigh out Jesus to see if there was anything about him because he said if this man was any type of prophet, he wouldn't know what type of woman this was. Amen. So the woman, hallelujah, she was forgiven of much and she loved much. Amen. And so what is happening? You're going to have to judge. Amen. The Bible says that if you would judge, you will not be judged. If you would judge yourself. And so the Lord has given you a way to judge yourself. If you would judge yourself, you will not, you will not be judged. Amen. But if you refuse to judge yourself, then you will be judged. Amen. God is a God of blessing. Amen. The double-edged sword releases the blessing, but it also releases the judgment. In that instance, if you can catch that, just, just stick with me. If the double-edged sword, one edge can release the blessing, the other edge can, re can release the judgment. So the first judgment, the first judgment is the, the, the judging of yourself. In other words, if, if you go back, if you go back to Hebrews 4, 12, and 13, you don't actually have to turn back, but I'm just referring to that. The, 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 the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of, of God, it is... Um, divides soul from spirit, joints from marrow, and it is a discerner of the purposes and intents of the heart. So stick with that. Discern means to judge. So the first judgment, so the two-edged sword releases the blessing for those flowing in the light. Amen. It releases the blessing. For those that are holding on to unrighteousness, it is a, it, it releases the first judgment. Amen. The ability to discern what's in your heart. If you judge yourself, you will not be judged. Amen. And so you receive that, that judgment or that discernment that something in your heart is not right. You let the Lord cut that out, destroy it, and fill it with righteousness. Amen. So that is, that is the first judgment. So you, you're trying to understand is God a God of blessing or is God a God of judgment? Both. <laughs> Amen. So the first, the first judgment in 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 17. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 17. For the time has come for the judgment to begin at the house of God. And if it begins with us first, 
then what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? So again, this verse represents two judgments. Judgment first must begin in the house of God. Amen. The discerning of the heart. Let the two-edged sword divide and show what are the purposes and intents of the heart, the motives of the heart so that you can repent and make the corrections. That's the first judgment. The second judgment is what will be the end of those that do not obey the gospel of God? Well, we know that they go to hell. This, that is that second part of the judgment. Amen. So the two-edged sword, amen, works both ways. Amen. Releases the blessing, fights against the enemy. Amen. When you find out that you were doing things that were on the enemy side, do you let the Lord cut that out? Amen. You discern. That's, that is the first judgment so that you don't wind up with that second judgment of those who do not obey, those who do not obey the gospel of God. Amen. Romans chapter 11. Romans chapter 11, verse 22. This, this verse describes it again. It says, therefore, consider the goodness and severity of God on those who fail severity, but toward you goodness, if, that's the caveat, if you continue in his goodness, otherwise you will also be cut off. So the spirit can cut you off. The double-edged sword can cut you off if you don't if you don't respond to the goodness, if you don't continue in the goodness. We don't play games with God. He reveals his himself to us, which is good. God is good. We taste and see that the Lord is good. We continue, we continue in that goodness. Amen. That's that's how we walk with God. We continue in his love. We continue in his goodness. Amen. Romans 2, verses 1 through 4. Romans 2, verses 1 through 4. Therefore, you are inexcusable, O man, whoever you are, who judge. For in whatever you judge another, you condemn yourself. For you who judge practice the same things. But we know that the judgment of God is according to the truth against those who practice such things. So the judgment of God is according to the truth. And do you think this old man, you who judge those practicing such things and doing the same that you will escape the judgment of God? Or you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads to repentance. So you are unaware. So because you are not receiving, you despise the riches of his goodness, his, his forbearance, his long-suffering, his mercy, because it is the goodness of God that leads to, it leads to repentance. Amen. So you, you have to continue, the Bible says, in his goodness, you have to continue in his light. Amen. That's how you walk with God. You don't play games with God. You don't, don't camp out and say, I'm not willing to go there. As God takes you, 
into himself and leads you forward and forward and forward. You continue in his goodness. That word continues means to abide in St. John chapter 15. I know my time is short. St. John chapter 15, verses 5 through 10. I am the vine, this is Jesus speaking. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so will you be my disciples. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. So the word abide means to dwell, but it also means to continue, to, to continue in his love. And to continue, to continue in his his words. And so that he says, now this is a warning. He says that, he says that without him, if you don't abide in him, you, you cast forth as a branch and, and withered and burned, you know. And so these are people that said that they were Christians, you know, but they did not stay connected to the vine and they did not continue in him and they did not continue in his goodness and they did not continue in his love and they did not produce fruit unto, unto God and then they were cast as a withered branch and, and burned. So again, the two-edged sword, amen, releases one edge, releases the blessing. One edge releases the judgment of discerning of hearts. And on that same edge is judgment against the devil. Because on both of those, God is dealing with the works of the devil as he cuts those things out of you. That we're able, the Bible says, to punish all disobedience when our obedience is fulfilled. Amen. Last verse, Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 26 through 31. If we sin willfully after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful expectation of judgment. So you see, you cast your light in with, with the devil that... You are sinning willfully after you know the truth. So he's saying that grace is not necessarily covering this because you're rejecting his goodness. Amen. But a certain fearful expectation of judgment and fiery indignation which will devour the adversary. So this judgment is really for the adversary. Though you may be holding on to the devil's will. Anyone who has rejected Moses' law 
dies without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. How much worse punishment do you suppose will be thought worthy who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, counted the blood of the covenant which he was sanctified a common thing, and insulted the Spirit of grace? For we know him who said, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. The Lord will judge his people, and it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Amen. That verse 29, 28 says that in a voice under Moses' law, all it needed was two or three witnesses. Amen. That a person could die under the testimony of two or three witnesses. But then it says in verse 30 that we have greater witness. Amen. It says, the Son of God, these are the witnesses listed. How much worse punishment do you suppose will he be thought worthy who has trampled the, the Son of God is the first witness. The blood of the covenant is that second witness. The spirit of grace is the third witness. So, those who trampled the Son of God underfoot, counted the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified a common thing, and insulted the spirit of grace. These, that's what you do when you sin willfully after knowing, after knowing the truth. Amen. So what am I saying? God's goodness is there for you. That, that sword of the spirit will fight for you. That sword of the spirit will fight against the devil. That sword of the spirit will fight against the devil's works. Amen. But on the other side, amen, do not cast your lot in with darkness. Amen. That you started in the light, continue in the light. You started in the spirit, continue in the spirit. Hallelujah. Don't go backwards. Amen. There are those, amen, who started in the spirit. And you reversed back to that which is not of the Spirit. Amen. I'm just saying it's a dangerous thing. Amen. You are filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. And then you rejected that. Hallelujah. You rejected that work of the Holy Spirit in your life. Amen. So don't look back. Don't turn back continuing the things of God. Father, we thank you for that word. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Christ Be Glorified Ministries audio podcast. For more information, visit ChristBeGlorifiedMinistries.com and you can also follow us on Facebook under Christ Be Glorified Ministries. Thank you so much and God bless you.